Good evening, Suns fans. I hope everybody is having a fantastic Saturday night. I know I am. The Suns have just defeated those Dallas Mavericks, one of those teams that is just kind of, uh, we always get up for it, if you will. We're always excited to play them. The Suns win 111-105 to 105 on the first of two against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, can't be more excited. Love winning these kind of games. Matthew, as I welcome you, as per usual, to the Suns Jam Session podcast, uh, how excited are you after that dub? Oh man, a little bit of an animal comes out inside of me every time we play the Mavericks. I'm a little bit angrier. Maybe it's the whiskey, but I get a little bit uh, high strung in my little apartment over here. You know, things are crashing around and people are calling the police once in a while. It's it's a different game when we're playing these guys. It really is. You get excited for it. Of course, there's all the multiple narratives that come along with a Dallas Mavericks Phoenix Suns game. But at the end of the day, it's one of those teams that <laughs> we beat. So it's nice. Yeah. But it's still it still could be stressful along the way as tonight proved. It is. It is. It, especially because I mean the Mavericks haven't won a game in four games. Oh, how long has it been? Five games or something in a this row? Is their, three games? This is their fifth one that they've yeah, lost fifth, in a row. Five games in a row. So of course they're gonna come out. They have to win these one of these two games coming up. So it's gonna be a struggle for the Suns, but you can tell by this game it was a struggle, like for sure. And probably going to the next game, it's gonna be the same exact thing. But all we had to do is make our shots. And we're just hoping those threes would go down, and they did tonight. And CP3's shots went down. That's all we needed to pull this one off. Well, and it was just a well-played game by the Suns in the fact that when they started to have struggles with the three-point line, they decided to go back down on the low block, even having Etwan Moore back somebody yeah. down and put up some points. So plenty of reasons why they won. Plenty of reasons why we're going to celebrate on this Saturday night. Thank you if you're joining us. We truly appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, if you're joining us via YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit the thumbs up button, hit it as many times as you can. Suns win tonight, man. Uh, if you're listening on the Brightside <laughs> Podcast Network, make sure you rate, subscribe, and review. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter at In the Dark at Matthew Lissy. <laughs> Hello. Never have a lighting situation. That's good. We got to get you like one of those ring lights. Like I know you no, have I'm gonna, glasses. I'm going to get one and put it straight ahead of me up to the top. So it's perfect. I just haven't ordered it yet. So as soon as that comes in, it still won't work, but I'll let you know when I get it. Well, I think that because my lighting is all right, you can see I, I'm very porcelain. I'm like ghost yeah. white. I need a tan very, very badly. Just but, put some uh, makeup on. Nah, yeah, gross, man. Come on, okay. dude. No, none of that stuff here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Uh, but plenty to talk about, plenty to celebrate. If you have a beer, go ahead and crack it open with us. Uh, again, thanks to my friends at Hus Brewing. I've got an Arizona Light, a Hus Arizona Light. What are you going to crack open there, Matthew? I got an old fat tire. Last Ooh. one in there. Can't can't argue with a fat tire. It so killed, it killed a white claw in the fridge. So it Good. ain't one of those, and now it's a fat tire. So I don't know what that <laughs> it's, means. it's got the spare tire around <laughs> around the belly from yeah. eating the white claw. Yeah. There you go. Well, crack them if you got them, Suns fans. Let's celebrate. Oh yeah, let's celebrate, let's celebrate. Suns dub. Big win for the Phoenix Suns. We are now officially on a winning streak as we have won two in a row now. The team sits at 10-8 and eight after downing 
Dal- the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic, always a pleasure to do so. And the first question I got to ask, I got to know, Matthew, whenever we play the Mavericks, is it always a choppy game? It is, right? It's always a close one. It's always you have to put up with the refs even more than any other game because we hit a lot of these players we play against, a lot of superstars, but of course, Luka Doncic is the worst. Once he gets in the groove of making his fadeaway threes and then also getting the calls to go with it, nothing is more frustrating, and it always comes down to the wire. And it's one of these one of these teams that we, we want to be. We kind of compete with them. It's like basically for me, between... Aiden and Doncic, it's like the race to the title. Who can get the title first, you know, to claim that victory? That's in my own head. That's what I always think every time we play the Mavericks. I don't care what you guys say. If you're upset because I'm talking about Doncic or whatever, that's fine. I just, I want to see the Suns, of course, get the title before the Mavericks do and get these wins over the Mavericks anytime we can just to settle that debate between the two. So anytime they can beat the Mavericks, especially without Booker, is fantastic. I know we didn't have Porzingis. But, I mean, come on, man. Is he really going to make a difference? When you look at how the Mavericks have operated thus far this season, and they started off pretty hot out of the gate. Kristaps Porzingis wasn't a part of those runs. He comes back. They have struggled with him back. So part of the narrative entering this game when they said that Kristaps was out was like, oh, man, will they actually have better cohesiveness? Because integrating him into the offense has been a challenge for them thus far. Again, they lost four in a row coming into this game. They played against Utah last night, got smoked by yes. the Jazz last night. So even though Kristaps was out, you still have to be concerned because Devin Booker was out. They said prior to la- the uh, the win against the Warriors, the Suns were 0-7 in, in games where Booker was out. They had The last seven games he was out, they, the Suns were 0-7. So getting that victory against the Warriors was critical. This is absolutely a huge win, knowing that Devin Booker's out, knowing that he participated in shoot-around and he most likely will be back for the Suns on Monday. Winning a game like this is is big for the Suns because it sends a statement not only to the Mavericks, say, hey, reminder, guys, you guys might have got Luka, but we still beat you, so does it really matter? But also, yeah. hey, if they get on a hot streak, if it comes down to playoff positioning and seeding, we already have the season yeah. series on them. We play them three times this season. We played them to start the, the season off. We play them to, tonight, and we play them on Monday, and that's it. Three games against them this year. We own that season series. Unlike Denver, where Denver holds the uh, the tiebreaker, we hold a tiebreaker against the Mavericks. So very, uh, very important win tonight for the Suns. Yeah, they needed that. And I think any win they can get against any team in the West, too, as well, it, it helps them. And I, I knew this would be a battle for sure. And even with Booker out, I, anytime he's out, I want the Suns to just, I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care how, how much hair I pull out of my little mustache. I just want every win the Suns can get without Booker, no matter how nasty it is. I don't care. Yeah, it's like in football. If you have your quarterback out and you win a game, it's a huge win. Booker is our best player. Is he playing up to the level that we want him to thus far this season? No, 22 points a game isn't really what we expect from Devin Booker. But if we're getting wins in his absence, they're paramount. They're huge. Knowing that he's going to come back, knowing that most likely we'll have him on Monday, oh, just makes me so happy. Yes, Uh, I know. That's great, right? Absolutely. I mean, these are the games that you have to win. Uh, Speaking of Booker, I mean, what do you think about what he was wearing before the game? He looked like Ice Cube in the movie Friday. Yeah. Well, he's always got the flannels. It's uh, the Mexican heritage, I guess. He talks about the way he dresses and um, he likes to throw it back to the Mexican heritage that he lives with and likes to show it off. He looks good no matter what he wears. It doesn't matter. He can wear what a garbage bag. He'll look fantastic, dude. So I mean he I mean he looks great all the time, man. I don't know what else you want me to say. 
I just think it's funny that he's wearing like the flannel big shirts that I used to wear in the nineties. I mean, I was yeah, thinking about it a couple oh, days ago. It it's 2021. That means it's my 20 year anniversary of graduating high school. I was yeah. class of 01. So I used to wear that kind of stuff coming up in like middle school and the beginning stages of high school. So I'm like, yeah, book, bring plaid back, baby. Bring it back. I, I still got some shirts. The flannels uh, with the white undershirts and like your uh, Janko jeans or what is Heck, it? Jank- is that what you hit, had? Hell yeah. Don't hit them, them yeah. Jankos. <laughs> yeah, this is a different thing he's trying to do. Not, not what you were doing in the 90s, I don't think. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, you talk about the beginning of this game, and there, there is so much to cover. So, again, Jamsters, thanks for hanging out with us. We're going to cover some of the different things of the game. Uh, the first thing that I noticed as uh, that I put down in my notes is the fact that the Suns were slipping all over the court, and it looked like they were playing a hockey game early on. Was yeah. Dallas? I mean, and then they were greasing the ball. It looked like we couldn't handle the ball halfway through. Is there some conspiracy theories out there we need to be aware of? For what? For Luca? Yeah, we had to, right? With the slippage going on on the court, of course. Like, they almost injured three of our guys right off the bat within the thir- first three minutes of yeah. slipping. I was like, are this? Are we playing the Spurs right now? I'm like, I hate the Mavericks, but don't go that way, Mavericks. Like, stay away from the Spurs where you start cheating. I mean, you can complain all you want, look like a bunch of babies out there, but don't start cheating like the Spurs, you know? Yeah, don't don't be the Spurs. I can't wait to play them this season. I just I always have a special a good team. Yeah, surprising, no, team. surprising team just because they're coached well. Uh, the Mavericks, though, they they the typical Mavericks. You know, they're a team yeah. that coming into this game was the worst in the NBA in shooting three pointers. And in the first half, I mean, the Suns looked pretty bad. I mean, the the Mavericks looked like the team that was was had a couple days off. They didn't look like a team that got their asses kicked in Utah last night, flew home to Dallas, and then came out and had to play. I mean, yeah. they were shooting unbelievable in that first half. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It was a lot of luck because, like, from the body language that Luca was throwing out there, he looked like he doesn't want to be there because the comments he had, of course, after the last game is like, we're not good enough, stuff like that. People might take it out of context, but they're just not. I mean, they don't have the weapons around him, of course, but who knows – who you would put around Luca right now to be a better? I mean, you can put a superstar around him to be a better team, of course. But his playing, I don't know who you would put around him but three point shooters. That's what they were doing tonight. They were hitting every three that was given to them. Basically, every shot they were shooting fifty five percent in the first half. Mm-hmm. But Luca, I mean, of course he had a bad first half with the technical and the three fouls. But his body length, he just looked like he wasn't. He didn't want to mess with this game. Did you get that from him a little bit? Because I feel like that's what I got from him. And I mean, the Mavericks were just kind of not lucky getting their shots, but they just could not miss. Yeah, they the way that they were attacking was something that I, I didn't really expect. I think that the Suns were allowing them to kind of shoot three pointers, knowing that this is the one of the this is the worst team shooting threes in the NBA. And like you yeah. said, they started knocking them down in the in the first half alone. They went five for twelve, and from the field, they were twenty three of forty one for fifty six percent from the field. So, a lot of the mid range stuff, a lot of er- everything they wanted, they were getting, and, and you knew it wasn't necessarily sustainable. And then, obviously, when the second half started, and they came out on on a run, and the Suns are down 10, 13, 15 points, or fourteen points, I think, at one point. Uh, you're like, oh no, what what the hell is happening? Like, yeah. this team just isn't missing, and and they're not tired, and they're not rattled, and even though Eddie Johnson wasn't calling this game, I remember something that Eddie always says. He goes, the Dallas Mavericks will always let you back in the game because they don't play defense and they shoot threes. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that's kind of what the narrative of this story ended up being tonight. 
Yeah, when you have your star guarding Jay Crowder for the more for more of the most of the game and Luca, then I think you have problems on defense, right? I mean, your best player just can't play defense. No one else is really going to fall in suit. That's why it's nice to have like DA as our defensive anchor because I think a, a lot of people follow around, follow him on the defensive end, and I think that helps to have that. But you're right, man. It's I was actually worried. I feel like we could never get within five points with this team going into the second half, and I kind of thought, I was like, wow, we're not going to get any shots made. But luckily they fell, and especially Jay Crowder hit a bunch of – a bunch of threes with hands in his face that really helped the Suns and Chris Paul just got it going. But the the uh, the defensive thing with the Mavericks is something that sucks because they're they're for them it sucks, not for us. It sucks for them basically because if you're not playing defense and you have a losing record already, the Suns can hinge on their defense. I feel like they can have something as a backup weapon when they're not making shots, and that's what got them back into this game was just mm-hmm. the defense. The Mavericks can't do that. They just cannot do that yet this season, and I don't think they will. So it's nice that we have a team that plays great defense, and we have a center that can rebound. And Mikael Bridges, too, tonight, too, helping on the glass. So things like that. I'm grateful to be a Suns fan right now and not a Mavericks fan. Yeah, I mean, don't those Mavericks kind of remind you of the Suns of the last about seven or eight years where they do have some offensive firepower, but they have no defense. And that's a challenge that the Suns consistently faced over this past decade is we had the ability to put the ball in the hoop. I mean, Devin Booker putting up 26 points a game twice in the past five years, a lot of complimentary scores around, but we can never get stops, especially late in the game. Uh, of course, the Suns of like three years ago, we'd always just lose by 20, but I feel like the Suns of the last two years, we lost so many games by five points or less. And it was just frustrating. And I feel like that's what a lot of Dallas is going through now. Uh, do you think that they're still really the darling of the NBA? The Mavericks? Yeah. Everybody no, loves them. They, they did. And people, when you start listening to more podcasts, are kind of backing off a little bit with Luca and the Mavericks just because of how things are going. I mean, it is a shortened season. There's still a while to go. I mean, if you believe that Luca is the MVP, then why wouldn't he just bring this team back? Why wouldn't he just carry them like an MVP should? He's not doing that. So a lot of teams are backing away from that now, which is kind of nice, but also kind of scary. That's why it would be nice for the Suns to finish off this uh, this two-game stint with another win next game just to kind of not finish them, but just make it even more difficult for them to come back and battle the Suns. If the Suns are having a hard time late in the year, battle them for like that seventh or eighth seed to get us out of the play-in tournament. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. It, yeah, just kind of finish them off next game, especially if Book comes back. That's going to help a ton. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Jay Crowder. I think I think we don't give Tra- Jay Crowder his due. I think that when he has one of those bad shooting nights, we're quick to say, hey, man, stop shooting 11 threes and only hitting three or four of them. Uh, his defense is a little shoddy sometimes, but I really yeah. was impressed with Jay Crowder tonight. And, you know, coming into this game, his last three games, he was averaging 18 points, uh, 7.7 total rebounds, 3.3 assists, 41% from downtown. And this game, you know, he had 14 points, only three rebounds, uh, no assists, but four for nine from downtown. And as you mentioned, he was hitting some big ones early on and hit one uh, in the middle of the fourth I felt was had a, a lot of magnitude behind it as well. Yeah. Uh, why, why don't we give Jay enough credit? Are um, we assholes or something? No, I mean, last pod we talked about him, and I just said I, I, I like he does two things. He'll shoot the three and then draw the foul from the three, basically, as a son. That's what he's going to do now. And we need him in games like this where I feel like Cam Johnson's not going to be like A.J. Crowder at all, but I think that Cam Johnson needs to be more consistent like Jay Crowder in the future from three-point land and maybe get the drawing on the threes because nothing else is really working right now for him. So I like what Jay Crowder is doing out there to keep shooting threes, even if he goes one for 11. 
it's fine. Of course, if the Suns lose, we might be upset. Be like, why don't you make a couple of those? Because he doesn't do much else, really. You know what I mean? He he might be a distraction on defense. He might throw a couple good passes here or there to Aiden, mm -hmm. but he doesn't do much else. But if he gets it going, that's what we need. We that's why we have a bunch of three point shooters on this team. That way, one of them gets hot. It's great. It'll help us win a game like he did tonight. He made some big shots. Absolutely. And his entry passes, although he didn't necessarily get all the assists this game, uh, mm -hmm. I was thinking about how he ha he is one of the few sons who know how knows how to somehow get the ball to DA. Because at the beginning of the game, that was one of our challenges. Uh, those bad entry passes to DA oh. again. And like, I, I, I came up with some questions and, and answer this. Yeah. Give me your opinion on these. Okay. So as we look at these bad entry passes to DA, it's definitely an area of opportunity. Again, Suns win, and we're Suns fans, so we, of course, look at the negative things. But I always think there's areas of opportunity. And yeah. I think that, you know, is, is it DA's positioning? Uh, is the Suns, uh, you know, tip their play too early on so the, the D can, you know, they're always ready for it? Uh, is DA too slow? Um, or do you think that it's a lack of CP3's ability to get to the rim consistently? So the, they, the, the defense always kind of falls back, and that's why CP3 gets so many middies. Uh, that's a good question. I actually, I loved it because Drysdale today in this game, Aiden had the guy underneath the basket. I think it was Powell, the guy that's yeah. always on Aiden every game. They play the Mavericks. And he had him literally under the basket. And the way these these guys look at DA is like he's a ghost. It's like they're looking at him like, oh my God, I just saw a ghost. That's the way they look at him before they even do anything with the ball. And Drysdale's like, throw him the ball. She started yelling. Just like, like she said, like EJ says, just throw it at his head. He'll catch it. But a lot of it, though, I think is if you keep giving him the ball, like they started to do in the second half, I feel like he'll get more comfortable. That's why I feel like every possession, he needs to touch the ball. He needs to touch the ball no matter what. Even if he passes out of it, him handling the ball more makes him more comfortable. Then at the end of the game, by the end of the game, he'll develop into a better offensive player. He'll, he'll get his shots, his little hook shots that I love. And he just needs to touch the ball every possession. Every possession he doesn't touch it, to me, is like a waste on the offensive end. I mean, if we score, of course, it's great. But I think he just needs to get that for the end of the game. I mean, what do you think, though? What What is going on in this? We'll never stop talking about this with DA not getting the ball down low. But what do you think the reasons are? Well, I think that... Aiden Watch 2021. It's appropriate well, for that drop right now. Yeah, it's that time. Yeah. Uh, I think that... You're right. He needs to touch the ball on as many possessions as possible because he's also a really good passing big. You know, yeah. sometimes he's a little too passive when we see that early on in the game, but he had four assists tonight. And a lot of those came uh, in the first half. Three of them did in the first half because he's looking for his teammates. He's trying to read how defenses are initially trying to attack him. Are they bringing doubles right of the way or are they just letting him kind of do his thing? And again, he. He, he's not that guy who comes out with the high motor and is just attack, attack, attack. It takes him time to get into the groove of the game. You look at halftime, he's got eight points, seven rebounds. We always feel he could be playing better. He ended this game yeah. with 18 points and 17 boards. And th those were some man-dude boards in the fourth quarter. Those were ripping the ball down, saying, give me that fucking rock. And they mm -hmm. were huge off of big misses. The thing that can kill the sun sometimes is when – the opposition misses a, a three and you get one of those deep rebounds and then they get another possession or they get an offensive rebound down low, kick it outside and boom, it's a three ball. DA was negating that tonight. Yeah, yeah, I know he was. And the thing with his rebounding, he was crashing the boards, but he was also getting fouled. I feel like every time he was grabbing the board, everyone was on top of him. Like, I don't know what this is with the refs, even Mikhail at the end of the game. Mikhail was grabbing the boards, helping DA, but he 
he would there would be over the backs almost every time DA is getting the ball. And the refs just don't look that way. They don't care. They don't care that someone's reaching over, even if they don't touch the ball. That's just annoying. I feel like these players think that they can get away with it with DA. They can do whatever they want to him underneath the hoop when he's trying to grab the board, and no one's going to call anything. But big boards, you can tell like by him grabbing those boards, he's like, we're going to win this game. After that, what, did he have two alley-oops from Chris Paul at the end of the game, or did he just have the one? I think it was the two. One, one yeah. jam on a putback, and yeah. then he had that huge alley-oop, and that's when I stood up and I, I yeah. screamed. You know, that, yeah, that, I know. that was, I was a scream moment. Yeah, I was standing up from then on watching the rest yes, of the game. Yes, me too. Me oh, too. Dude. See, that's what dunks do. They get you out of your seat. They yep. do. For fans, they'll get you out of your seat. You won't sit down. No, you're absolutely so. right. Well, and, and, uh, to be back at the at the game, standing I know. up and screaming, like, oh, I can't wait for that moment. I know, punching the ladies. But when we talk about eight and two, it was there was a scary moment with four minutes left in the four, first quarter when um, homeboy, uh, what's his name, Johnson, uh, James Johnson. Yeah, dude, that yeah. guy scares me, man. Like twenty-seven and zero as an MMA fighter. I never like, knew that. Me neither, but he looks like an MM fa- MMA fighter. Yeah, he he kind of th- threw that that body jab into DA, hit him in the left yep. shoulder. He got a stinger. He goes out of the game in pain. You're like, oh, no, man. Like, we're already down Booker. We have a weakened front line. Although Frank Kaminsky was a vital part of the win over the Warriors, you can't es- expect that every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Lace Bacon says in the chat, tell that dude, Johnson, that this is the NBA, not the MMA. <laughs> like, I completely agree, na- right? Yeah, a little nasty stuff he did. Um that's just the player he is. He's he's definitely scary. He looks like the my player. So he's like a top 10 in there for a my player creation from NBA 2K. Yes. Yeah, he looks like one of the guys I would create because he looks just badass and you don't want to mess with him. But then they see me behind the controller in my apartment playing the game. I look nothing like him, uh, <laughs> you know. Scraggly <laughs> facial hair. That's where you guys yeah, stop. I love like when I mentioned the mustache, there was like fights going on in between the jamsters about my mustache. It was nice. Like that, <laughs> Matthew and his facial hair. If you if if you want to excite the guy, just talk about his facial donate. hair. Yeah, okay. Want to donate to his face, Rogaine? Um, you can do that by emailing us, Sun's Jam Session at gmail.com. Please. <laughs> the, uh, another thing that was absolutely vital to the yeah. success of this game is the fact that the Suns were getting to the free throw line, and we've talked about it in losses how the team is not doing a good job of of adjusting and and taking the ball to the rim. It's something that Monty has made that adjustment in the last few games, and we're really starting to see it pay off because we're one of the top free-throw shooting teams in the league. The Suns in the first half, 12 for 12. The Mavs were 4 for 6. And this is where, when the game was tied at 55 at halftime, despite the Dallas Mavericks scoring on 56% of their field goals and uh, the Suns only scoring on 44%, the reason we were in the game was those free-throws. What ended the game was Chris Paul on a free throw barrage, and the Suns ended 27 of 31, uh, and the Dallas Mavericks 8 for 14. So we dealt, we more than doubled up on their free throw attempts, uh, something that I was not necessarily expecting as we talked about this game on our last podcast. Dallas typically does a good job of just having Luka take it to the to the rim and having uh, – just you know, have Luca get his way. What what are your thoughts on how the Suns continue to develop this ability to get to the rim, and how does it make you happy or sad? No, I mean today was great. Um, I think that when Chris Paul, there was one play where actually 
the, I felt like the game was kind of getting away from the Suns. I feel like the Mavericks are going on a run, but Chris Paul took it to the rim and got fouled. Like that was one thing I feel like even on this podcast, we always ask the Suns to do. It's like, you're not making the threes. You're losing the game. You're going too fast. You're turning the ball over, but Chris Paul made it an effort to get to the line at crucial times. And I like the way Galloway, everyone was doing that because they know like that's the recipe for success. And I think that they'll end up figuring that out sooner or later. I think they're just, they know that, but just the act of doing it and start and stop shooting so many threes really helps. And that one play where he, I, Chris Paul took it. Like, I think it was just a normal offensive play. He just took it to the rim and there was nothing set. It wasn't a fast break or anything. It just got to the line. Mm-hmm. That was what I feel like kind of turned the game for the Suns because those two free throws were very crucial for the Suns. I mean, they missed a couple. I think they missed three in the fourth, eight and missed two. Chris Paul missed one. I was like, ah, shoot. But besides that, there it is. They did pretty <laughs> well getting to the line. No, absolutely. And I think that again, that that's absolutely paramount. The the play that you're referencing, it was an offensive re or a defensive rebound by the Suns. They pushed the pace real quick. And Chris Paul had just been teed up. He had and yes. hit and, and he and after the, the technical, he hit a three. And then they come down, they get the board, and then they run it right back down their throats and get the foul. And right there yeah. you go, okay, that's everything you need to know about Chris Paul and who the Suns can be in this situation. Exactly. Is they can hit the three ball on occasion, but don't rely on it. Just because just because he hit one, a way to get out of games real quick and look at how Dallas closed by shooting the three ball mm-hmm. is, is get to the line. Force the issue. Put these guys on their heels and on their toes. And you know that they are, uh, they're not necessarily a great defensive team, so they are going to commit those fouls. Put them in those compromising situations. I think we really need to give a lot of credit to Mikael Bridges tonight. The way that he was getting under Luka Doncic's skin, taking him one-on-one. Uh, Luka, got, Luka was getting luka I mean, Chris Paul, after there was yes. a, a foul where Luka was frustrated in the first half uh, and he pushed Mikael, um, right after that, Chris Paul did kind of the, the come through his arm thing and Luca got a tech and I like it, it was it was nice to see that right yeah it was really nice and just really quick uh, Ryan G yes that's a rock action figure there's actually three of them in the back if you can see them once I get a light you can see them very well um yeah so <laughs> I actually wrote that in my notes that Luca is getting Luca right now and it, what kind of sucked is it was only going into the halftime into halftime so I was like oh now he has to regain strength the halftime adjustments are made so he'll come out firing so if that happened like in the third quarter that would have been awesome but I like what Mikel was doing the only question I have for you though mm-hmm. is do you think Mikel the only question the only question okay. out of in the next two minutes okay for okay. me to ask you is Mikel Bridges on Luca I lost it, Matthew. He said, "Say it this again." Is, oh, sorry, did I cut out? Yeah. Okay, Luka Doncic on Mikael Bridges. That's what I was here to see. That's what I wanted to see all night. But Monty Williams, I heard, wanted to play a team defense on Luka. And every time that Mikael was actually on Luka, I feel like it was very hard for Luka to do anything. And Luka was trying to avoid him, running around screens, switches. And seriously, just standing there waiting for the offense to go because he didn't want anything to do with Mikael. That's what. That's the way it looked. And then they kind of switched things up where there was different players on Luca, and he would take advantage of it. It's just like, why is Monty not like, hey, Mikel, I know you need we need your offense, but we want you to focus on Luca Doncic and stopping him. Is that something that I'm just crazy about that I just want always to happen every game? Or do you like the team defense, though? I love it when you ask me questions, Matthew. That was a long question. <laughs> it, it was a long question, but it was, it was 
I, I love that you asked it. Here's the way that I look at it. Monty's coming to this game saying, you know what? We're going to play team defense on Luka. Do you know why? Because whenever the Mavericks play the Suns, all they try to do is switch uh, Mikhail off of Luka. They run the high screens and get him off. So Cam's on exactly. an island with them. Jay's on an island. So if you come into a game and you're like, listen, we need to do team defense. All you're doing is entrusting the other guys on the team to say, hey, when you're on an island and you're against Luka, I trust you. What happened in this game is you saw Mikhail get through a lot of those screens and was Ding him up. His, his performance in the last four minutes of the game when Luka was going trying to back him down on the block was one-on-one on an island, Mikhail versus Luka, and we saw the warden in session. He he dominated him. He didn't score. He did not let him score. He was forcing fadeaway Dirk Nowitzki type middies, and that's not Luka's game. Luka's game is get to the or get to the rim, uh, run floaters, do stop pops, and do some of that dream shake shit, and and put the ball in the basket. Or when he's down there, pass out to an open three point shooter. That's the design of their offense. So I think mm-hmm. that Monty was doing that in an effort to kind of say, hey, as a defense, we can shut this guy down. So when you're on an island with them, you got him. And then, of course, Mikhail came and showed, hey, you know what? I, I can take him and I can fight through these screens because he knows that it's coming. We've seen it time and time again. Every time the warden is on the Luka Doncic, he's, he gets switched off of him. So I think it was really a, a nice defensive game for Mikhail. You know, from an offensive standpoint, too. I mean, Mikhail had a really good game. And, it, you know, with the 14 points, 6 for 12 shooting, uh, you know, only one three four boards, you know, nothing crazy. But when you have to guard somebody who's going to constantly tax you on the defensive end and you can still uh, add some offense on the other side, it's it's a great game. It's a great game for him. I like that you pointed that out. I mean, I did kind of think that, you know, you got to trust your teammates because it's not always going to be Mikhail because if he does fight over those screens, Luca will draw the fouls. So I feel like the switches need to happen quickly just to adjust that the teammates know like, hey, like I trust, I, I like that you trust me taking on Luca and we can switch with no problem. They need that. And I, I like that you pointed out because I didn't really think about that too much. I just wanted to see Mikhail just like beat the shit out of Donchich. Well, and he, and he did. He did in, the, in the right? Yeah, he did at the end of the game. Uh, Shamil Kasim in the chat. Matthew got a Chappelle Rick James on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Your background's so awesome, man. It's yeah. fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It's only I recorded everything. Window. That's all my re- – I recorded that right there. When, that when, one? The, when the Suns lose, you have to have a really – I know, game. I know. And I thought of stuff. I just got to make it. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> Um, one thing before I talk about kind of went on in the second half. Uh, did you notice how there was like two first half buzzer beaters from the Mavericks? And do you yes. remember how last year that was an Achilles heel of the Suns? Like I literally on a podcast last year told I went through every basketball reference game uh, mm-hmm. or NBA game and figured out or NBA stats game and figured out how many buzzer beaters the Suns had. And like right before the lockdown happened, there was like 43 buzzer beaters against the Suns last year. It was yeah, so I annoying. That. I saw two of them. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, that's why we always think it's gonna go in. Like when the Mavericks made them, I'm like, yeah, of course they did because I'm we're used to it, right? We're just we're used to that coming and going where um, every team is coming and going. They're making the buzzer beaters. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're just used to it, dude. So when it goes in, I just don't even care anymore. Honestly, I don't even get upset. I'm just like, yeah, this is what I, happens. I still do. I still do. Do you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I hate buzzer beaters. You know, because no, again, I know. I know. So you have that buzzer beater to end the first half, and then the Mavericks start the second half on a 12-0 run. So if you count that buzzer beater, it's a 14-0 run to start the second half. So we're tied 55-55. 
it is 67-55 with seven minutes left. And you're like, oh, great, here we go again. And one of the reasons for that is Luka Doncic came out much, much more aggressive uh, of his 29 total points. He scored 18 of those in the third. You start to see kind of a drought from three. The fumbling issues for the Suns, they, you know, seen as they were in Dallas, they kind of look like Ezekiel Elliott this past season. Yikes. Uh, you know, uh, but I think what really pulled us out of it was the sun started to pound the rock inside. I mentioned it earlier, like you had Etwan Moore backing down and and pushing the pace and trying to get the ball in the hoop from down low. And like those are things you want to see. Huge minutes from Etwan yes. Moore tonight, by the way. Yeah, no, no. He looked really good. And I like how he came in to play point in the first two possessions. He basically took it to the rim. Second shot he missed, but it didn't matter. Like he was out there and he looked like he mattered and wanted to belong. I think he's realizing like these minutes that he's getting right now, which he had 13 tonight, scored four points, but he was very effective. I feel like on those two scores. But other than that, he actually made a difference other ways too. He just looked more confident on the floor trying to be a part of the Suns team, which I don't feel like he really was before where he's trying to adjust himself. But now he looks like, you know, we, we can kind of count on him. Right. And like, you get excited about these guys coming in off the bench, especially Nader. Like every time I see him come in, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. And in the third quarter, you see him come in for Cam Johnson. Cause Cam Johnson is just kind of struggling right now not knowing what to do, not doing much actually, uh, which is fine. I mean, he, he's second year. I mean, we, we can't be too hard on him. Exactly. Yet. And he's so, your last offense or offensive option of your yeah. starting five. Exactly. And like when Nader comes in, it's exciting because he, he can shoot the three. He'll take the ball to the rim. He's a smart, his IQ is very high for like for an NBA player. Uh, I'm not saying he's an all-star or anything. I'm just saying he, he fills the role very well. He's long and can play defense. So when he comes in, I, I, I love it. I love that we have him to like kind of fill that void a little bit for guard for the guard position. And that's the, the quality of this team again is the depth it's in prior years. That's Ty Jerome. Those are Ty Jerome minutes. Okay. If you oh. have injuries, it's Elliot Kobo minutes. Dare you. You know, so I mean, again, I he's he didn't put up a great stat line, like you said. Thirteen minutes, four points, one rebound, one assist, two for four from the field. He did have that one steal though, and he was pesky enough. He wasn't campaign pesky, but knowing that campaign is out and having him come in and provide those minutes was absolutely absolutely paramount. Same thing yeah. with Langston Galloway. I mean, Langston Galloway, twelve minutes in the first half, twelve minutes in the second half. That's what we like to see, man. Yeah, and. Just more of it, more minutes the better. This guy is just all over the place. He's never making a bad decision on the court. I don't feel like there was one play where the the play was busted, but he went to the he was in the paint, did a little pivot, and he passed it back out. You know what I mean? He didn't force anything. I feel like a lot of the times when these players come in, and especially backup point guards in the past, like they would just throw the ball away. You know, you see it all the time. Like nothing's there. You try to force it, but he just doesn't do that. He's a very smart player. And even if he's shooting the three with a guy like he did that tonight, where he hit a big three tonight with the guy, the defender, the hand in his face, yep. nailed it. But even before he shot that, when he was in the act of shooting, I'm sorry, I was very happy and I was overjoyed that he's shooting the three. I don't care if he misses it or not. I just like him shooting that three and just being on the floor. Yeah, again, it's instant offense. It's veteran presence. It's somebody who has confidence and you have confidence in. Again, you look at prior rosters and you didn't have confidence in those guys. You know, Elliot Kobo shoots a three. He was your, oh, no, 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 no guy. Ty Jerome just was lost. He was a deer walking around getting hit by semis because he didn't know where the fuck he was. So having these guys, those are valuable minutes, especially when your star player's out, when Dario Sarch is out. 
you need quality minutes from those guys. And again, each one more, 24 total minutes, you know, three for eight from the field, 12 points, uh, a fantastic game again by him. You're talking and about Nader, right? Or who'd you I'm, say? I'm, I'm talking about Galloway. Oh, Galloway. I haven't I even talked about Nader. I you know, more. I'm sorry. No, uh, Langston Galloway. So, I mean, okay. it's, it's pretty impressive to see the depth of this team. And even in our losses, I think what frustrates us is people like Galloway weren't getting the minutes. You start plugging Galloway in some of these games, some of those losses might be W's because when those long scoring droughts occur, he can put up six points real quick. I mean, he can be a a point-a-minute guy and does it effectively. And who knows? You know, the Suns could be uh, 12 and six or whatever we are, 18 games. Yeah, 12 and six. Had Monty decided to pull that lever earlier, uh, instead he was pulling the Javon Carter lever. Javon is unfortunately just not having the season necessarily where we're at. But you know what's great? There's going to be a time when we're going to need Javon because somebody else is hurt, and he'll come in and perform. That's the beauty of this team. Um, Win, lose, or draw. we got to remember that. I mean, we're frustrated in losses. We're happy in in wins. Duh. We're Suns fans. But there are positive things to take in those losses. And there's you know, areas of improvement in those uh, wins as well. So you got to look at kind of both sides. But I just – I love – uh, Langston Galloway in the minutes that he's been getting. Yeah, me too. And honestly, he does one thing that I love is the floater. The floater is yeah. money for him. Even if it's not, he does it for a reason when he does it, when he when he puts it up and him and DA are running the pick and roll, which happened a couple times. And I, he'll just throw it up there. Even if he doesn't know, even if he doesn't feel right releasing it, I feel like he a lot of the guards, especially Galloway, will throw it up there because he knows DA is a really good offensive rebounder. puts himself in great position. Even if he misses it, good chances that DA is going to flush it back down. And I saw that a couple times tonight with him, but he has that floater and he hit a mid range. Like he has, he can shoot from other spots on the floor. And we see that with more minutes from him. Yes. And he'll, he'll continue to grow within this offense. If he gets those more, those minutes, Uh, you know, again, fantastic game by the bench. Always appreciated. Um, The one guy we obviously haven't talked about yet is Chris Paul. You know, Chris Paul was doing Chris Paul things tonight. At one point in the fourth quarter, he had assisted on all 19 of the Suns' fourth quarter points. Uh, That's when the game was tied with 96 with 341 to go. Um, The Suns obviously end the game on a uh, 21-12 run, facilitated by the point god. His final stat line in this game, uh, 29 points, 7 assists, 8 rebounds, 4 steals. I'm reading the wrong stat line. 29, 12 assists. I'm sorry, folks. Who's I? Oh, I was reading Doncic. So him and Doncic both had 12. 12, 12 assists, four steals, three rebounds. It was nice to see the point guard active in creating steal opportunities for the Suns because those were huge in the fourth. Yeah, they were. I mean, he was just money tonight. It was kind of like, who are we going to rely on really to step up? We just needed CP3 to go all out. Like everything he had tonight. I mean, he played ultimate minutes. He played like the whole fourth quarter with DeAndre Ayton. That's what we needed. I mean, it's like as soon as he started the fourth, it's like, when are you going to pull him out? You can't give him a rest with this game. Otherwise, we're going to lose. You know what I mean? And I feel like just really quick, Dallas did a cool thing where like Doncic was resting the whole fourth until the seventh. It was a close game and Doncic got to come in with the seven minute mark, which yeah, is something they, I, they, they I were like. up a point too. Exactly. Like they kept it close and they can come back. Like the Suns couldn't do that today. Like they cut, they had to keep most of their starters in the game, play big minutes to get this win. I think just knowing that Booker would be back. But Chris Paul, this is, I think this has to be like his best game, right? As a, as a Phoenix Sun, just making those big shots. He's made some big threes, big shots, steals, great, great passes to DA for alley oops. I mean, 
It, I think so. I mean, he had that one game uh, against the Thunder where from a point standpoint, I think he's put up 32 points. He did everything he could to will this lost, team to yeah. win, and the team lost. I think in this game, the team helped him out by hitting a couple of those big shots in the fourth quarter as a part of that 21-2 to run that allowed the Suns to get the victory. So it feels like this was his best game, his best performance. Yeah. But he showcased a lot more, I feel, in this game. Uh, because in that Thunder game, it was a lot of him in the fourth just being like, you know what, they're dropping on eight and every time we try the high screen roll, so I'm just going to shoot the midi all day long. Uh, in this game, he was doing a lot more. He was hitting threes. He was driving it to the basket. He was getting to the foul line. Uh, he was setting his team up for success. So a lot of those different things is the reason, for at least for me, that he's my... Jam star of the game. And I'm sure he's yours as well, correct? Yep. Yeah, of course. I mean, he has to be. We don't. What was that? I don't know what that was. He has to be. He um, has to be. <laughs> How's that fat tire treating you there, buddy? Happy Saturday night. Yeah, happy Saturday. Thanks, Whoa, everybody, what for a joining win, us. Man. I'm excited. I'm glad I don't have a life, and I never have, so keep it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, yeah, Chris Paul, just amazing tonight you know a lot of these shots he was making tonight he he shoots all the time i mean he even with the defenders in his face he knows he still has a good angle on the rim he can usually drain those tonight they came through we just needed it i'm just like i said earlier any way we can get this win even with those shots with defenders in his face big money big ball shots you know what i mean that's that's what he did tonight and we need him to do that well we don't i'm sorry we don't need him to do all the time but we need him to do him these games without booker <laughs> we got, we got oh no, the, my voice didn't crack. Det nibble said you just hit puberty there. No, my voice did not crack there. <laughs> it's been a while since my voice cracked. Actually, it's been probably like five or six episodes. It, it was funny for those of you who watched the Sun Solar Panel. They they're every um, Saturday morning, eight p.m. or eight a.m. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Arizona time. And Dave King was on there, and he was actually talking about one of the articles that you wrote for Brightside, talking about body language. And once he's like Matthew Lissy wrote a piece. He instantly like had phlegm in his throat, and I'm like, oh my god, it's like Matthew on the actual podcast. Oh, nice. You know, like, <laughs> you know who's the worst at phlegm in their throat is Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons will go through ten minutes of a pod with phlegm in his throat, where he can just can hear it. get rid of it. He does it still. Why does no one speak up to the man? Just press pause and hafua, <laughs> like let, let go of the loogie. So, um. <laughs> Let, let us know in the chat who you think the jam star of the game is. If you're watching along with us, Jamsters, uh, I'm sure you probably agree with us that it is Chris Paul. But it's also a good time to take a quick break and to remind you if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell. Make sure that you join us whenever we go live, which is after every Suns game. And a reminder, as always, to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Looking at what everybody's saying in the chat. Um, Darth Nader, but really it's CP3. Thank you, Alex. Darth Nader, again, the best uh, the best nickname out there. Uh, Grim Reaper, CP3. CP3 from Vincent Stefanelli. Um, that name? Is that a real name? I think I ask that every time. That's a great Vincent Stefanelli, and I believe if I remember correctly, he's one of our loyal listeners. From yeah, that's why, I always ask, that's why I always ask it. <laughs> uh, Chris Paul has earned his contract, but he would have got a ring in Houston if he didn't get injured in game five. Agree with the boogie trend on that comment. That was one of the great runs, and I yes. was really excited to watch them dethrone the Warriors that year. But he's he's earning his contract. Uh, these are the games that he needs to step up, knowing that Booker's out. And when Booker comes back, guess what? CP3's minutes are going to decrease. You're going to see a little bit more of point book, and you're going to see the people like Abdel, Abdel Nader, Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore. They're developing their confidence right now. 
And that's going to do nothing but pay dividends for this team in the long run. Again, it's <laughs> made in AZ. CP3, CP3 earned his $560,000 check tonight. Yes, he makes a shit ton of money. Um, but yeah, it's it, it really is. This, this team, the depth of this team is so vital. We're 18 games through a 72-game season. Peaks and valleys, it's going to happen. We're not going to win every game. We're not going to play well every game. It's just the way that sport goes. That's why we watch sport. But to see them develop and have and win two games in a row without Devin Booker, which is a thing if in the past five years, or at least the past three, when Devin Booker's been the primary offensive factor on this team, to see this happen in his absence is absolutely huge. I can't get over that. And, and beating a Dallas team that is beat down right now, those are the teams you're supposed to beat. I want to do it again on Monday, man. I want to just finish it off. And unlike last few years when Devin Booker's out, it's over. The whole season's over. The Suns have really fought back the last two games. It's been pretty nasty, but they're hanging in there. And any way they can get these wins makes me happy. That's the first thing I think about when the Suns win is like, thank God they just got this done. Thank God. I don't, you know, I don't care. Even if we had the whole roster together to get these wins in this kind of season, I don't care. Just any, any way you can get these wins. Absolutely. A win is a win. I don't care how you get it. Win ugly, win pretty. I don't care. A win's a win. Um, one, one thing we've seen in the past is Devin Booker shunned from the all-star game due to team oh. record, right? Yeah. What are the odds that will happen to Luca? Because the, we are no. now halfway to the all-star game. The all-star games after about 34 games, we're over the halfway mark. We're at 18. They're at, I think 19 games played. Is there any way that he's a good stats, bad team guy yet? He still gets the nod. No, he'll still he'll still get honestly he'll he'll be a starter. Him and Trey Young are just those two guys that everyone loves in the NBA. I don't I don't really care too much as long as Booker can get in and maybe DA if they puts up good stats and the Suns can get like I said last pod ten games above five hundred that helps them a ton. I mean it's very difficult, but that's probably what they're gonna have to do. But yeah, Luca. For me, he's going to be a starter, an all-star starter for the rest of his career. Unless something just drastically happens where he gets pregnant or something happens weird, he'll be an all-star starter for the rest of his life. And I'm, I don't really care anymore. For me, it's the race to the championship. But what do you think? Agreed. I, uh, the championship's the all-important thing, but we host a podcast, so we have to talk about these kind of things. I, I'm waiting for that narrative to really flip on Luca. Because it, it flipped on Russell Westbrook. If you remember, he won the MVP in 2016 or 17, averaging a triple-double for the first time since Oscar Robinson. Everybody was wowed and amazed. This is unbelievable. And then they realized it was kind of some empty stats, the way that he played. Yep. He started to, to see that he got to the foul line a lot, but it wasn't necessarily truly earned. Uh, and, and that is really the, the Luka Doncic story. I mean, he scores points because he gets to the foul line on a lot of ticky-tack bullshit calls he does have great vision but i don't know if it's necessarily as elite as everybody makes it out to be they've just designed a good system around him with guys who can shoot the three albeit they aren't knocking him down with the regularity that they normally do this year and he's and he's six foot eight he's big body and he's gonna have those opportunities so due to kind of the way that he plays yeah he's gonna get the stats but if it's a good stats bad team thing that's frustrating to me as a Suns fan because that's been the Devin Booker argument. That's the Bradley Beal argument. The guy's leading the league. And the only reason I ask this is before the game, I was watching NBA TV and they were talking about uh, the all-star starters and things of that nature. And They were talking about Bradley Beal leading the league in, in points per game, but how he plays for such a bad team and does he really deserve to be there? I'm like, well, hold on. The, the Mavericks aren't very good either. They're, and, and they talked about how the Mavericks were very good either because they were previewing the Suns and the Mavericks game. I'm like, so at what point 
does does what's the tipping point there? Uh, somebody mentioned in the chat that he's not necessarily uh, the the boogie trend. No chance Luke is the NBA poster child. Like we say that, but then you watch anytime there's a post a literal poster. It's like you know subscribe to NBA League Pass. It'll have six players up there. Luke is always there. It's LeBron. It's Giannis. You know, and Luke is right there. James Harden, KD. So they're the NBA wants him to be a star for probably obvious reasons. He's Caucasian, so they want to appeal to some of that market. He's somebody who ha- puts up the stats. Uh, he plays for a big market team. Dallas is, what, the sixth uh, largest uh, city in the U.S., sixth or seventh. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that would make sense for them to want Luka to be great. But, necess- like again, I just I don't like the bad or the good team, bad stats guys. Or, I'm sorry, the bad bad team, good stats guys. Uh, getting in because Booker's been shunned, and I like it's a double standard. I just I don't agree. With <laughs> yeah, first off, everything horror. I'm not. I'm not asleep. I'm awake. <laughs> I just love listening to John. He can put me to sleep sometimes reading me bedtime stories, but that's not tonight. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think it's just in reverse because Luka Doncic came into the league. He, I mean, he was KOC's number one player, one A, one B, him and Aiden. But he came into the league just so dominant, and this, and the Mavericks were good for two years. And last year, if Porzingis would just hold up and be the player that they wanted him to be, they maybe beat the Clippers. I'm not kidding. Like the way they played the Clippers were very, they played them very well. I know they lost the series four to one, but I just think that people know the potential right now with Luca. He started off such a high standard. That's why he's always going to get the nod unless something drastically happens. But Booker just started in a different way. You know, he's just working his way up kind of like Beal, you know, just adding things to his game and then working his way up to all-star level. So I don't know what it is. I just think it's winning, but with Luca, yeah, they just need to keep that narrative going. I think with him, and it's going to take a couple years for either he doesn't think Dallas is matching or giving him the the pieces he needs around him to where he might ask out. Like the stuff like that will start to happen with the media, where they're going to ask those questions. It's like, is Luca? Because especially his last time he was interviewed after the last game, where he was just like, "We're not good enough," stuff like that. That's going to happen more and more with him because he's very, very emotional even post game. Like he he just I don't know if he's gonna handle it right, and then that might turn on him and stuff like that. I'm not trying to throw that out there, but that's just the way the NBA is. And God damn it, it would be awesome if that happened. Yes, well I'll tell you this, <laughs> it would be great. I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, it, it, I'm not a fan of the double standard. Obviously, I just went on that rant about it, but at the same time, I prefer more wins, and that's where the Suns are at right now with them. Mm-hmm. So um, here's a segment we haven't brought up in a little bit. I'm gonna spring this one on you, Matthew. Thoughts. Brains. So this is the part of the show where we talk about things that are not necessarily Suns related, but may affect the Suns. This one doesn't affect the Suns at all, but I saw this tonight. What are your thoughts on Matthew Stafford being traded to the oh. Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff and a shit ton of picks? Yeah, Fuck, you know, man. Are you? Well, okay. I'm a so I'm you. Fan. He's coming to my division. I think yeah. that's a perfect quarterback for that team. It's better than Deshaun Watson, though, right? I mean, it's yeah. worse than Deshaun Watson. I mean, like just... Matthew no. Stafford at the pool, right? You think he's going to just dominate with that offense? Yeah, because that do- that team is designed to be quick passes, fast, get yeah. protect the quarterback. That's what Matthew True. Stafford needs is to be protected. And he hasn't been protecting Detroit for a decade now. Now he's coming to my division, and he's got all the weapons in the world, and he's going to exploit them, and god damn it. Yeah, you know, it, it, 
it sucks for you, but I good good for the Rams because they got Goff out of there. And so trying to still work with the guy, it's like either you he has it or he doesn't, right? He doesn't have it. So get him out of there, get Stafford, get someone that can actually throw the freaking ball quick, like you were saying, and get that offense rolling. It does suck for the Cardinals and Cardinals fans, but I like Matthew Stafford. I mean, I can't hate him. I mean, he's better to watch than Goff, right? Yeah, I've always been a Matthew Stafford fan. That's why I don't like yeah. him. Like, I liked having Goff over there because the Rams would always kill us on defense. Because yeah, but he kind of sucks. Like Goff's career is over. Like anyone who has Goff yeah. on the fantasy team next next year is just crazy or very very injured. But anyways, yeah. I digress. Uh, up next for the Phoenix Suns, we are again playing the Dallas Mavericks. It's going to be yeah. six thirty p.m. on Monday again in Dallas. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? There's not necessarily too much to preview considering we just played this team. Hopefully Devin Booker's back. We know Porzingis will be back as tonight was a rest day. What are your thoughts on that game? Okay. So thoughts are, I would hope for more of the same, but not really just because I hate the close games, but with Booker back, the only thing I'm worried about is things switching up and getting used to him being back and all that kind of crap. And then you have to put up with playing the Mavericks and Luka Doncic with Porzingis being back. Even though I mentioned doesn't matter if Porzingis is playing. He hasn't really gotten going, but it might be the game where he gets back to th- gets back to the way he's supposed to be and the way he's supposed to be playing. So I'm a little nervous, but I do like the fact that we won game one. You know, if we lose game two, I'm not going to be too upset because we got we split it. So it's fine with me. At least we got one of them. We didn't get swept like the Nuggets. So whatever happens in this game happens, but I want to see a very good offense on the first unit. I want to see them play very, very well together against the Mavericks team that doesn't play any defense. Let's just see how good that unit does. Cause if they play well, then I feel like we'll win. Agreed. Agreed. And I mean, that's stupid, but yeah, it's very obvious, right? If we score more points than them, I, I think we'll win. So that's, I'm going with that as well in our jam session right. predicts segment. Uh, you can let us know in the chat, who do you think is going to win and what that final score will be. Um, currently after this game, I'm one and two on the season. Matthew's two and one, as we both predicted that the Suns would win this game. Matthew, what is your prediction for the game on Monday against the Mavericks? Uh, I think the Suns lose and I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying it's just the way these these things go. It's hard to beat a team twice in a row, really. So, I mean, in basketball, it's kind of weird to say, because it never happens. Baseball, you know what I mean? It, It happens all the time, but I just think it's going to be tough for the Suns to win this one. If Porzingis is back, but I'm going to say loss. Sorry. Close game, but loss. All right. So I'm going to go with a couple of our jamsters, and I'm going to go ahead and say that the Suns are going to win this game. I I, I really think that if Devin Booker's back, uh, even if he's not back, I mean, the Suns right now are proven that they can win games without him. Uh, Dallas is a team whose number we have. DeAndre Ayton, I think he's – has he lost, what, one game to them? Is that it? Or has I he think ever, so. I don't think he's ever lost a game. I think he was out that game. Yeah, I think he was out that game. So ever since we drafted DeAndre Ayton, he has not been on the court during the loss. And if he's out there playing, we win. Um, so looking at the chat, you have Christian Zabrowski, a win. The Boogie Trend, they're dropping a win. Laced Bacon, Suns win 120 to 105. Mario Lopez, the great Mario Lopez, Suns right. 121 to 108. Mm-hmm. Uh, Det Nibble, Suns win 112 to 103. Humble Rumbles hoping for that W. Uh you know, Suns win. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Suns win, and I'm going to say it's something you know along the lines of a 110 to 103 win for the Suns. That's I got to go back and take a look at uh, oh, Vincent Stefanelli win. Uh, I got to go back and take a look at what we actually said 
our scores would be because we both were right. They both got a win or we both got the the win. I wonder how close we were on the scores because the final score again tonight for the Suns was 111 to 105. So it'll be interesting to see how close we were. So Matthew's saying lock. I'm saying win. I'm hoping that I win this one. So I tie you. I hope hope you win too. I hope you win too. It's not very, (laughs) not very often that uh, we predict that separately so i like that if uh, we don't have, you guys can kick me off you can vote me off the podcast no well we have to you get to shave one of your eyebrows okay i'll shave so. one half of the stash yes you'll be <laughs> <laughs> i'll do uh, it if they win i'll shave it and we wouldn't notice off. man we wouldn't even notice <laughs> like i mean i wouldn't you know but until you get some better nice. lighting in there yeah i really really wouldn't notice um we don't have any mailbag questions again if you ever want to provide some information, be on the show. Uh, you can hit us up at sons jam session at gmail.com. Um, if you ever want to be on the show, like call in kind of make sure you, you yeah. know, if, if you want to be part of our jamsters react segment on the pod, uh, all you got to do is just DM us via Twitter at sons jam. We'll send yeah. you a link to join. So you can give us your reaction on the game or ask us a question. You know, it's not like a, a full segment, but you know, join us. We'd love to have some of the jamsters who are ever so loyal being on a, with us. Uh, we truly appreciate everyone who joins us. It's always a fun time, especially after a dub hanging out with the jamsters, Matthew. Yeah. Just make sure you bring a drink, bring a beer, bring a, a bra, whatever you want to bring onto the pod. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you want. Um, take a shot with us. We don't care. We got problems. This one's empty. So uh, I think that's all we have for this evening. Again, sun's win. 111 to 105 over the, the the Dallas Mavericks, a team that we always love beating. Um, this pushes the Suns to a 10 and 8 record, which is good enough for sixth seed currently in the Western Conference. Again, we're playing on Monday, 6:30, kind of an odd time for a game. So we'll be going live right around 8:30, right when that Suns game ends. You can join the Suns Jam session right here. Uh, so make sure if you are watching again, subscribe to YouTube, the YouTube channel, hit the thumbs up button, hit the bell. Uh, if you're a listener, we thank you. Uh, make sure that you subscribe, rate and review the bright side network where you not only get our podcast, but you get the Fanny of the flames podcast as well. And you can follow the show at sun's jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow this dude right here. I'm at the And that's all I got for this evening. Have a happy Saturday night, everybody. Uh, awesome win. Good times. I'm out. All right. Happy birthday, Grin Ripa. And uh, everyone go home and love your family. Yes. Happy birthday. Take care, everybody.